it's really important to acknowledge that nerves are major like it's and it's it's a thing like it's really it can be quite debilitating for people they say the most common form of a social of social phobia is a fear of public speaking and it, it's huge for so many people Hi and welcome to the Unveiled podcast, debunking wedding planning all the way to I do. As a photographer and videographer in the industry, we're asked daily as to where to start when it comes to planning your big day. So allow us to help you make the wedding planning process as seamless as possible. Consider Unveiled your little black book of weddings, packed full of insight from industry experts, do's and don'ts from couples who have tied the knot, plus an abundance of info on your most requested topics. I'm Lucy, founder and wedding photographer at Lucy Weddings, and I'm here with wedding videographer and my soon-to-be husband, Eddie Blake. Good day, Luce. Episode five today, which means we've been recording the Unveiled podcast for a little over a month now. It's been it's been fun. Yeah, crazy to think where that time's gone. So on today's episode, we have Claire Belford. She Claire is a highly experienced and award-winning marriage celebrant based on Sydney's Northern Beaches. She's recognised as an industry leader. Claire has a reputation for delivering engaging and personalised ceremonies with a really warm and professional service. So Claire will dive into different ways you can include family and loved ones at the ceremony, how to settle those pre-ceremony nerves, plus different creative ways that you guys can do your vows. So welcome, Claire. Hi, Claire. Hello. How are you both? Good. So good. Thanks good for coming Good to have on. you on. Thank you for having me. So can you just um, give us a bit of a rundown as to how you became a celebrant and sort of what drew you into the space? Yeah, for sure. Well, it was about 12 years ago and a good friend of mine was getting married. And at that time, so it was 2009, when you were looking for a celebrant, there wasn't a really, like there wasn't a huge selection um, and the available celebrants were of, you know, certain stereotypes. So... <laughs> My friend quite literally could not find anyone relatable or anyone who stood out to her and her fiancé as someone that they wanted standing and representing them at their wedding ceremony. So at the time, I had a job working in promotions where I would travel around to local RSL clubs and pubs on Sydney's Northern Beaches. You're going to love this. I used to run (laughs) trivia nights and meat raffles. Oh, my God. That is amazing to know that. Yeah, I can picture that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I I know every single bingo call and combination. (laughs) Uh, How good. Yeah, I'd been in this role for quite a few years and I had – by that time, I'd perfected my microphone etiquette. I'd honed all my public speaking skills. And this friend of mine who was getting married, she suggested that as someone with that skill set and also a decent amount of confidence in front of a large crowd, that I could officiate her ceremony. So she encouraged me to look into becoming accredited as a marriage celebrant. And then I enrolled in the course and I was able to be the celebrant for her wedding, which was really exciting because it was so nice that my first wedding was for a close friend. Yeah. It's amazing to hear because it sounds like from a lot of people in the industry that I've spoken to, they're like a lot of their kind of careers came about from a friend or a family member sort of suggesting their service like before they've even thought about it. Yeah, it's really nice that the people around you are able to pinpoint those yeah. those things about you that, and they can say, you know what, you should you should run with that. 
So Luce and I were discussing off air that what we love about your style is that you very much tailor your ceremonies to the couple. Has that always been part of your service? Thank you. Yeah, it's, it is something that I have always offered. Very early on in my career as a celebrant, I immediately detected that there was a need or a market for a tailored ceremony experience. So I've always offered that as part of what I do. Back when I first became a celebrant, even at my training, the lady who was training, who was uh, was a very competent and experienced celebrant, she had a, a business plan or a model for, for creating ceremonies. She would just give her couples three ceremonies, A, B and C, and it quite literally mm. said in, in brackets, insert name. And oh, that's what shit. she showed us. That's how she showed us how to create ceremonies and how to put together a ceremony script. And I, I just hated it. I could see straight away that it wasn't going to appeal to the clientele that I was after. And I could see that we needed something different. And also you've got to remember too, that at the time I was only 25 years old. There were no 25 year old celebrants around at that point, none at like whatsoever. So for me, I, I came in and I could see that need and I could see that I was the same age as quite a few of my client so I could kind of gauge what they wanted Mm, and I could see they were looking for something different yeah I must say that I know when when I'm shooting ceremonies and you're the celebrant I'm I'm very drawn into I don't know if it's the voice or or what you're saying but yeah it's just you just you hold you captivate yeah for That's, sure, and, yeah. and it's it very personalised to the to the couple, and it's sincere, and it just makes it all sincere the, all, all, is a great word. Yeah, all the more special for the for everyone attending the wedding. Yeah, and also because um, this the ceremony is such a like it's it's the formal, really formal part of a wedding day, so it can be you know it, you can tell when they're all kind of they all have their template, but it's so nice when you inject some really personal beautiful things that it, you can tell are really tailored to the to the couple and to the wedding party that are, that are there yeah I think definitely it makes it really special yeah definitely I mean like it's always been a process of mine to obtain you know interesting information about two people getting married and then create a ceremony script around that that's uniquely theirs and that could just be things like their first impressions of each other or they might have interesting or, or humorous engagement or meeting story. It could just simply be the little things that make them work as a couple. But I can use all of that material to create personalised content. And a step further from that is that it's engaging. Like it's really yes. interesting for the guests to listen to. Yeah. And uh, so over the years, have you noticed any sort of trends starting to take shape at all in terms of ceremonies or weddings in general? Well, in in more recent times, definitely smaller weddings, but, you know, it's probably by force given our current restrictions. But I actually think it's providing a really good excuse for people not to invite, you know, the extended family members that they never see or their parents, friends or or the neighbours or whatever. But, you know, I listened to your episode in in terms of trends. I listened to um, the episode with Amy from Wedgeshed. Yeah. And I think that the biggest takeaway from that was that the biggest trend we're seeing in weddings at the moment is couples acting on this desire to create an event that's uniquely about them. They're doing weddings their way. So I've seen so many trends come and go, like 13 years in this role. I've seen 
I've seen it all. And I can list specific examples of things like the current ones with, with the mismatched bridal parties or the brides wearing less conventional gowns or specific florals or colours or daycare or whatever it is. But the most prevalent or obvious trend at the moment is that couples are choosing to celebrate in their way and they're saying goodbye to all those defunct traditions or old-fashioned ideas Mm. and they're creating a celebration that really reflects them for the people that they are and a celebration that really truly brings them joy and I think that that's awesome but you know like for a specific example I, I went to a wedding recently as a guest and P.S. That rarely happens. I'm not, <laughs> I never actually get invited as a guest. But this one I went to because it was a, a really old friend of mine and I have a serious sweet tooth. So when when it got towards the end of the night and things were starting to wrap up, all the speeches and everything, and I, I actually pulled the bride aside and I said, where's the cake? Oh, my God. <laughs> and she looked at me and she just looked at me and she went, there isn't We one. didn't get one. She goes, it's not important. No one, no one wants the cake. I was like, what are you talking about? I want the cake. And she's like, no, no, no. It wasn't important to us. And, you know, like aside from the fact that, that there wasn't a cake and I love cake, I actually thought that it was really great that they were, that they they said no to that. You know, they were just picking and choosing what worked for them. Yeah, that's a great example. So... Working with couples, Claire, leading up to their wedding, how do you, like, I mean, you're there because you're obviously someone they speak to right from the start and then you're there on the day and you're dealing with all different levels of nerves. How do you kind of help couples navigate this whole, like, you know, from public speaking to, I know I've, I've seen you whisper, I don't know what, into grooms is just before the brides walk down the aisle and I'm like, I wonder what There's, she's that's saying a tactic, to them. You know? That's a oh. tactic. That's a well thought out. And, yeah. And yeah. So please tactic. share how you help the couples do this. Well, do you, you want to know what I'm saying, don't you? Yeah, I do. You don't have to give away all your secrets. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to give away your secrets. Look, I, you two know that I love a good joke. And that I can tell a good one. Yes, you can. <laughs> and there's nothing like laughter to make people relax. So if you've got a, a groom and in some cases a row of groomsmen all standing up there and they're waiting for the ceremony to start and that anticipation's building, everyone's staring at the groom, you can quite literally see the sweat dripping down his face, that's when I'm really good at pulling out a distraction technique. <laughs> now, it's usually at the expense of a groomsman. Um <laughs> But that's when I start maybe asking them things like, um, you know, like tell me about what happened at the Bucks night. That's a good yeah. one because I know yeah, that they're going to start laughing yeah. and telling all the inappropriate stories. But but if you can get them laughing and looking relaxed before the ceremony while they're standing there, not only is that a really good way to, to alleviate nerves, but you two must appreciate it too as photographers because you want them all happy and laughing. Yeah, right? sure. You don't want them standing there looking like, They've seen a ghost. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, look, the, I think it's it's really important to acknowledge that nerves are major. Like that, it's and it's it's a thing. Like it's really it can be quite debilitating for people. They say the most common form of a so, of social phobia is a fear of public speaking, mm. and it, it's huge for so many yeah. people. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend who's been a best man three times, and he's never made a speech. He's always managed to get out of it. He's just too nervous. He hates public what? speaking. And and if I think about it, I would have to say that it would be like 90% of my 
clients express total apprehension or some level of nerves in the lead up to their wedding. Yeah, especially. So how do you help them with that? Because yeah, that is such a it is such a big thing, especially at the ceremony, because all eyes are on the couple. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah, I think for me, I like to address what is the cause of that anxiety and then try to find ways to combat that or adapt it. So a good example of this is a couple that I recently married just back in May this year. They were seriously nervous about speaking in public and even more nervous about sharing their personal vows in front of 100 people. They they really wanted to write their vows to each other, but they were just uncomfortable about reading them out loud and having a microphone in their faces. So knowing that um, and also knowing that they were having a first look photo shoot with their photographer, I suggested to them that they make their vows in private pre-ceremony. So not only did this take away the pressure that they were feeling, but I know that their photographer was really happy with with what she was able to capture as they made as they made their vows as well. And I'm sure you two would have seen that because first look photo shoots have been a thing for what, about five or six years Mm. roundabout. Mm. They came about because of um, time management and because it was convenient. But now I think that so much more they can be used as a a tool to alleviate nerves for people. If you see the person that you're going to marry, if you see them before the ceremony, so there's that it takes away that big build up of oh my gosh, they're waiting for me at the end of the aisle and oh my gosh, I'm going to see them and I haven't seen them. We didn't stay together last night if you're mm. following that old that old school tradition. But, do you know, you, you you haven't seen them and it's that build up, build up, build up. That is That can be really all-consuming. So to meet before the ceremony, see one another, relax, talk to one another and then an, another step further to actually make your marriage vows to each other as well. That, that can be a really good tactic. Yeah. Now, the celebrants who are listening and the people who know will, will know that there is legal wording surrounding the marriage vows that has to be said during a ceremony. Mm. The, the sentence is, I call upon the persons here present to witness that I, full name, take you, full name, to be my lawfully wedded wife slash husband. But this couple, this particular couple I married in May, they said that legal sentence to one another as they exchanged their wedding rings. So we were still able to include it in the ceremony, but that was the only time they had to do any public speaking apart from saying, I do. Right. Amazing. And people wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. No, definitely not. And definitely it's not. so good that you shared that because I, I didn't even know that. that Neither. You could just go and do your vows at, a, at another. Yeah. So that would. We could just call each other, Ed, maybe the morning of and do it over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> You could. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you see those couples who write letters to one another mm. as well and yeah. they open them at the, while they're getting ready. That's another way for people to, to alleviate nerves because you actually just want to talk to each other. Uh, why are we not picking up the phone and ringing the person we're marrying and just saying, hey, like, are you cool? Because I'm feeling yeah, pretty I'm nervous. nervous you know? as fuck. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm quietly dying over here and I'd like to hear your voice. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. I, yeah, you've got, I think the main thing is you need to 
you need to really delve into what's causing the nerves. I mean, aside from the fact that you're just getting married, like everybody gets nervous in their lead up to their wedding day. Yeah. What are you two going to do? Are you going to write your own vows? I absolutely Reckon, love it yeah. when people are saying yeah. their own vows. We love it. Just as a personal thing, but I completely understand why people don't, nerves and, and, and other reasons. What, what do you kind of recommend to people? Do you gauge their situation or do you leave it in their court? Or Yeah, look, it's, again, it really comes down to individuals and how they feel about it. Um, my initial response to the question of whether or not people should write their own vows is yes, absolutely, because I, like you, Eddie, I I also love hearing those personalised marriage vows. It's one of the best parts of a ceremony. It's absolutely. so beautiful. It's so nice to, to hear. You'll never regret writing vows. You might regret it if you didn't do it. Yeah, that's so a good point. If, if, if you are inclined to write them, Go for it. And the thing is, too, that it is not uncommon for couples to send or to email their vows over to me so that I can have a look at them before the ceremony. I always check the length and the sentiment. I have had couples where one person has sent me an A4 page and the other person's <laughs> written two lines. And I've been like, hmm, how, will I, how am I going to deal with this one? But look, it, it's not a bad idea for me just to run my eye over them. But on the other hand, I've also had some where like one person's written a comedy sketch and the other person's uh, very, very sentimental. So again, we have to find that balance. Yeah, I, I'm more than happy and very willing to guide people through the creation or the writing of their vows. What's a, something special that couples can do to include sort of family and, and loved ones at ceremonies? So a lot of people are using their mums at the moment as their official witnesses that's a really nice way to include people invite them to come forward as the official witnesses as long as you you only need two witnesses and they have to be over 18 they have to understand the legal wording but this is a really nice job for mums because they don't often get another role on the wedding day and Mm. certainly not as part of the ceremony so that's a really nice thing to do um that's a lovely way to include family um and and just people who are close you know like close friends as well you might ask them like specifically to do with the ceremony might ask them to read something during the ceremony readings are a really great way to include other people especially people you didn't have another role for but you might also ask them to bring forward the rings or one one really nice way to include um, family members or parents in particular but it can extend to beyond just parents but most commonly actually you know the parents of the of the couple getting married um is to include a parent's blessing because there's this really old school idea of a traditional giving away where in a traditional setting i would ask the this is very traditional the bride's father to stand do you bring your daughter to be married blah 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 so that's a very archaic and old school idea um, and a lot of bride and groom, brides and grooms don't love that. They're like, oh, can we, you know, we want to look at other things. So mm. there are variations on that. And one is actually to ask all four parents to be upstanding. And it's not a giving away. It's a less, less of a giving away and more a show of support. So we call it a parent's blessing where they stand up and I ask them by name, do you offer your love and support to these two people as they're making their marriage vows to one another it's a really nice way to include parents in yeah the ceremony. I've, I've noticed you've done that before it does work really well and it's just a really inclusive way of getting you know both families 
uh, or both sets of parents together as well at that ceremony. Yeah, Claire, yeah, for sure. Th- I'm just going to ask, and we may not mm-hmm. use it. What if someone says no? <laughs> have you ever had that? <laughs> like in not all seriousness, have joke. you ever had? Okay, so only ever as a joke. I've always wondered that. You know, what if no, someone does I've object? What if someone no. doesn't say yes? Yeah. Object what or to- say no to a giving away? Because I don't use any wording in yeah. the ceremonies that ask, does anybody object? object. So <laughs> I guess that's I'm more... not silly enough to set myself up. Like <laughs> I mean, I've never been. I've never had anybody <laughs> never say no. Say no. Okay. I've never had that happen. That would be hated. <laughs> well, I'm, seriously, though, I, I would know. love to see how you would respond to that. My though. face? Well, this is where I would have to think on my feet. <laughs> yeah. I? I might use my foot to kick someone at that point. <laughs> You can leave. You can leave. I think we would have discussed this in advance and I would not have put anybody in a position where that could potentially happen. So no, the answer is no. Australia finally passed the same-sex marriage in Australia recently. Have you had the pleasure of conducting any same-sex ceremonies? Yeah, now I have. Look, you know, I think we think recently, do you know, it's coming up to four years. Wow. Yeah, that happened in late 2017. That's when the the government finally got their act together and the laws changed. So we're we're approaching four years of same-sex marriage being legalised in Australia. And, you know, I distinctly remember the day. It's so good, yeah. I mean, you know, finally. We were were pretty late to the party. But I do remember the day that the new laws came into effect. So I'd done a wedding ceremony in the Hunter Valley on the Saturday where I was legally required to state at that point that a union – that marriage was a union between a man and a woman. And then the very next day I had this beautiful wedding at Moby Dick's in Royal Beach where I finally got to say the words that marriage is a union between two people. Great. And it was good. It was such a good feeling. And I I, I felt like the collective sigh and like, you know, oh, like yeah. a sigh of relief, you know, thank God from from all of the guests too because everybody knew what was going on. It was all over the news. It was a big thing. So they were all listening out for those words and it felt really good to finally to finally say yeah. it. And since then, yeah, I have done a handful of same-sex ceremonies. Um, they're great, like all my weddings though. You know, I just don't feel like they need they're not focus. set apart. Exactly. They don't, they yeah. don't need the focus in, in that way. Not anymore. Just as simple as two people who love one another coming together to make a commitment to each other and doing what people have been doing for all time. It's just simply another beautiful celebration that I have the privilege of being part of. Yeah, really well said, Claire. That actually takes me back to where I was when those laws finally passed. And it was at a wedding up in the Green Cathedral and it was so nice for everyone to hear those words spoken by the celebrant that their guests actually stood up and applauded. It was a, it's a really special moment. Well, in the lead up to that, see, that wording is called the monotum for marriage and monotum meaning in Latin warning. It's like you, you define marriage according to Australian law and it has to go into the ceremony as a legal inclusion. That's a, that there's, it's a non-negotiable, it has to go in. So I used to have to say at every single wedding, marriage is the union between a man and a woman. But then I was doing this kind of this rebellious statement on behalf of my couples where I'd say, well, look, although I am legally required to say those words, 
my the, these two these two people standing here don't believe those words and they're looking forward to the day when everybody can freely be married in our country in the same way that they are Beautiful. and choose to legally join their lives and commit their lives together in marriage so so you'd get the most amazing reaction to that i had standing ovations to that people clapping cheering all sorts mm -hmm. of things so when we were actually able to change the words to reflect our new laws which was marriage is the union between two people yeah, people, I, I just got such a good reaction and it felt like it just felt better. Yeah. It just felt right. When couples are planning their ceremony, is there anything that they should necessarily avoid when it comes to yeah, planning? Well, we talk at length about what the ceremony is going to include and my advice there is just not to include anything that's going to make them feel awkward yeah. or anything that they don't want to do. Yeah. Gone are the days where we have to stick to traditions or old school ideas and ideals surrounding weddings and in particular ceremony. Um, I just believe in helping my couples to, to create something that really works ideally for them. So nothing that's going to make them cringe or feel awkward or embarrassed or, or too nervous or, or anything that's going to, going to, um, you know, take away from, from the moment for them so so my advice is just not to do anything that you don't want to do so i've got a lot of celebrant friends who who don't um, agree with the idea of sending a ceremony script to a couple in advance for them to approve only because they don't want to have it sent back with a thousand red lines all through it and lots of edits and amendments and things but um I do send the script to my couples for review and approval because that way they know what's going to happen on the day. Now, obviously, there's the things that I can't plan for, you know, the screaming baby or um, at certain venues, a dog running through or a <laughs> bather on the beach or the things that are going to um, change the dynamic of a ceremony. Um, but, but they do generally know what I'm going to say and how it's going to roll and how it's all going to um, be run. And they have final say in that. So hopefully in that way, we're, we're alleviating any stress or awkwardness too. Yeah, that's good. Full transparency, and especially totally. when you, uh, you've you got, you know, a hundred or so guests in front, you can't, you can't even want to know what you're in for. So what's the best way for people to find you, Claire? So they can go to my website, clairebelford.com.au or my Instagram handle is claire.belford.celebrant. Beautiful. And what's your personal page? Because I know that people will really like to see that too. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> Lucy, I know we're friends, but shush. Anybody who visits my, my professional business page will see professional Claire. I usually, you know pretty sleek and demure and um, very professional and polished on screen on my uh, on my business page and then there's party Claire. <laughs> oh yeah everyone's got an alter ego though right <laughs> just for all so couples who are look, you wish for. looking to book Claire she's <laughs> probably the most beautifully put together woman that you'll you'll have standing up the front there with you so Absolutely. we can only speak very very highly of you and your work and your process and we are so grateful that you took the time to jump on unveiled with us thank you I thank you so much for having me it yeah. was the best i think that's going to give so much good insight into for couples planning their day so thanks definitely for allowing us to pick your brain and also for how much you can actually guide with your involvement from start through to finish 
Yeah, it's yeah. important. So thank you Couples very need much. That my pleasure, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. tuning into another week of unveil guys it was lovely to have you if you could take five to leave us a review that would be amazing and we'll see you next week bye Cheers, guys